Hello, welcome to the Grace Apostolic Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you joined us. We hope this podcast serves as a tool that encourages you and helps you navigate through this journey called life. If you wouldn't mind, we would greatly appreciate it if you would subscribe and review this podcast channel. Your feedback matters, and we want to serve you to the best of our abilities. Thank you so much. Let's go to the Word. Chapter 14 of John. Chapter 14 of John, starting with verse number 16. This is Jesus speaking here. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The Father will send the Spirit, the Comforter. You won't be comfortless, but I'm going to be the one that comes back to you. Folks, it's in red and white there. It's in the words of Jesus Christ. The Comforter is the Spirit of Jesus Christ in our hearts. It's not the third part of anything, but it is absolutely the Spirit of Jesus Christ comforting our hearts today. Verse number 26. But the comforter, everyone say the comforter. Which is, what is the comforter? It is the Holy Ghost. But Jesus said, I'm coming back to you. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of Jesus Christ. There's no separation of persons. There's no separation of the Godhead. Jesus said the comforter is coming. My Father's sending it. It's going to be me. And the comforter is the Holy Ghost. Whom the Father will send in my name, and it has a name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. You're going to receive the comforter. He's going to teach you, and that comforter is my spirit. I want to preach to you a little bit on the subject today simply on our comforter. Our comforter. You ask someone what a comforter is, they'll tell you it's a warm blanket. But can I tell you, our comforter goes beyond just keeping you warm at night. Our comforter can restore weary minds, can put together broken lives when no one else is there. When no, You can't talk to your husband or wife or children. You have a comforter that gets up next to your side and gives you strength and helps you today. Aren't you glad for that experience today? I'm so glad I have a comforter, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he is the Holy Ghost. So I want to preach to you a little bit on the subject, simply our comforter, our comforter. Everyone say amen to read the word. You may be seated in the name of the Lord Jesus. According to history, we read in scriptures in the book of Acts, chapter 2, of about 120 believers gathered together in a prayer meeting. They have found themselves in an upper room in the city of Jerusalem during the Feast of Pentecost. This, of course, them being there was in response to a command that Jesus had given them 
in Luke chapter 24, verse 49. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Now, Jesus said the Father's going to send it. But now he said, I send the promise of the Father upon you. But tarry or wait ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. At that por portion of reading, we don't know what that promise is. All we know is it's a promise and it is going to give them power. But in Acts chapter 1 verse 5, we discover that the promise of the Father is indeed the gift of the Holy Ghost. According to commentaries, the prayer meeting that they had in Jerusalem lasted almost two weeks, roughly ten days. Imagine, go to, the, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise. Now, the commentaries say from the time they left there to the time they went to Jerusalem, they were praying for almost two weeks for this promise of the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a long time to pray for something that you're not sure what it is. Just go, and you just wait. It's a promise. You haven't seen it yet. You don't know what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like. But just go to Jerusalem, and when you go there, you will experience this gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, the Bible says while they're praying that in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, while they're praying, maybe in the 10th, maybe even going to the 11th day, the Bible says in Acts 2 and 2, and suddenly... There came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. It came to them suddenly. It took 10 days to get there, but when it got there, it happened suddenly. Now, I understand the day we're living in, our patience has been changed based on the technology of the internet. I know and I understand with Google and Insta-everything that people don't like to wait for anything. If you have a question, you simply type it into Google, and Google will give you your answer. And because of that technology, when it comes to things of God, our attention span is very short. If we don't get our fix in 45 minutes, we're out of here. If the pastor has not got his thought out in 25 minutes, we start looking at our clock. Not that we're being disrespectful to preacher, but we got things to do and people to see. I've heard that. Just give it to me. In fact, <clears throat> there is drive-through confessionals. There are places you can go and in your car. You don't even have to get out. You don't have to get out of your pajamas. You can get your coffee, go down the street, go to a drive-through, and you can get your confessional figured out, get it taken care of. Why? Because we constantly have places to go and people to see and things to do. And so if we don't get what we need from God in a 45-minute sermon, we've got our mind starts leaving us. We've got things going on in the back of our head. And sometimes people pray for the Holy Ghost and don't get it right away. Has anyone, when you, didn't get the, when you were praying for the Holy Ghost, didn't get it the first time you prayed? Anybody? So it's safe to say that a majority of people that have prayed for the Holy Ghost did not get it right away. In other words, they did all the things they were told to do 
right? Because we tell them what to say. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. They do everything. They're crying. They're bawling. It seems like everything's, man, they're doing exactly right. And it's between them and God. We don't know what's in the heart of man. The only thing the Bible says, the day you seek me with all your heart. There may be some things that are not given up in that person, even though they're crying about it. And they're praying. But they're praying. Oh, man, they've been praying for five minutes, and, and they haven't got it. And we're just waiting around. What's going to happen? Because our, 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 our expectancy is not very long. We have to wait very long. And so people, they, they seek the, the, the face of God, and they don't get the Holy Ghost right away. Um, and so they pray, and they get discouraged. They, they, they get the seeker syndrome, they call it. All you're doing is you're going out there seeking the Holy Ghost. So when I tell people, listen, don't go to the front to seek for the Holy Ghost. Go to the front to worship God. And the Holy Ghost will come. Too often we're busy trying to seek after something we don't know what it is. But if you would get lost in worship, I'm telling you the Holy Ghost is simply a byproduct of someone that's worshiping the Lord. And so we, we get discouraged because things don't happen. Or how about when you pray for something? Or how about you're praying for a miracle and your miracle has not yet come. But I'm telling you, do not give up while you're waiting. Do not give up in your prayer. Because if God gives a promise, it will come to pass. Can I tell some of you sweet people something? There is a suddenly coming, but you've got to be there when the suddenly gets there. You cannot quit short. God's on his way, but you've got to be in the right place when God pours out the suddenly on your life. The, the Bible is very specific. The, the Bible says that he showed himself about 500 people at one time after his resurrection. I'm sure many people heard the promise. If you go to Jerusalem and wait, I'm going to pour out a promise unto you. But there's only 120 left. <coughs> Some people got tired of waiting. Some people got tired of praying. And so in that upper room, there were some people said, listen, Jesus gave me a promise. And if Jesus gave me a promise, I'm going to stick to the place that Jesus told me to be. I'm telling you, folks, you better be in the right place. You better keep doing what God says. The Bible says that men ought to always pray and not faint. Do you know why, why they said that? Because Jesus knew we'd get, we'd get weary in praying. We would faint, man, we would pray, and it doesn't happen right away, and we pray one day or two days or three days, and man, we get weary from praying, all of a sudden we forget to pray. Because we don't see things happen. See, we like to see things move. We like to, you know, build a house, build a business, anything. You like to see the numbers. You like to see rafters go up. You, it's very easy for us to be excited about things we, we see. But what about praying for unseen things that you may never see, but it's the right thing to do? That's why if you haven't seen it yet, you just keep praying. Why? Because of the promise in the word of God. I'm going to believe the word of God regardless of how I feel. And you see that in modern Christianity today. You're seeing it all around. That's why churches are changing so much stuff. That's why when you come in, it feels more like a club than it does a church. Why? Because people try to hold on to truth, and all of a sudden, they just let the, let the world come in, and all of a sudden, it's, it doesn't even look like a church. Why? Because they just gave up. That's why Jesus, when the Son of Man comes, 
Will he find faith on the earth? I know, folks, I pray sometimes, God, what is taking you so long, Lord? What in the world? When I see the amount of, of unborn babies, when I see the drug addictions, when I see all these things in the world, I ask the question, God, why have you not come yet, Lord? What are you waiting for? But guess what I'm not going to get rid of? I'm not going to get rid of my faith. Why? Because I know one day in the eastern skies, there's going to come a Savior, and he's going to be looking for someone with faith when he gets here. I still believe the promise. It's going to be a suddenly. It's going to be a suddenly, but we've got to be in the right place when the suddenly comes. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. This Holy Ghost infilling is the born again experience that Jesus talks about in John chapter 3, verse number 5. He said, Except a man. Everyone say, Except. Except. Now, those are hard words. Now, everyone said Jesus loves everybody. He does, but he has some expectations. Except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Let's break that down. You need the Holy Ghost to get to heaven. Oh, you can't say that. I don't have to. I just said what the Bible says. And we can't apologize for what the Bible already says. Jesus himself, the one that loves everybody, the one that would go to the nth degree for the worst sinner, says, except a man be born of water and spirit. Let me tell you something, that goes against this confession only I'm saved theory that people try to live on. I'm telling you, confessing is great, believing, accepting him, go ahead and do, accept him every day. But at the same time, that expectation of accepting him better lead you to obedience. And that obedience will lead you to water. And that obedience will lead you to praying until the Holy Ghost comes on your life. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter to the kingdom of heaven. So one, we need the Holy Ghost to get us into heaven. Now, now I have been discussing on several Wednesdays about the oneness of God and not the separations of persons and you know, and I want to tell you, the Holy Ghost is not the third per person of anything. He's not the third person of the tri triune God. He's not the third person of the Godhead. He's, he's, not, he's not anything. He is the Spirit of God. The Bible says in John 4, 24, God is a spirit. Now, that is his essence. That's what the nature of God is. He is a spirit. Now, I'm not sure why there has been an effort to separate the Spirit of God from the Holy Ghost. I don't know where that, where that was a good idea. The Bible, God is holy. The Holy Ghost is holy. God's Holy Spirit is holy. He is the Holy Ghost. So when you talk about the Holy Ghost, you're not talking about a subperson from the Father. You are talking about the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God working in us. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. It says, verse number 9, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God, everyone say the Spirit of God, dwell in you. Now, 
If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You can call it whatever you want. The Spirit of God or the Spirit of Christ or the Holy Ghost. It's all the same Spirit. You're not in the flesh but in the Spirit. The Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Man, that's so close-minded. Whew, that's so, that just, that alienates so many people that have, not, have stopped preaching about the gift of the Holy Ghost. Do you know the millions of people that would have a major problem with this? Because it's so against what's being taught in, the, in, in modern churches today. That the Holy Ghost is for some people, but not everybody. That some people have the gift, but not everybody has a gift. The Bible says if you have not the Spirit of Christ... You are none of his. Let's keep reading there. Verse number um, 10. And if Christ be in you. Now he said, this, he said the spirit of God's in you. But now it says. <clears throat> and if Christ be in you. The body is dead because of the sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But the spirit of him. That raised up Jesus. Now I was the, well, the, the spirit of the father raised up Jesus. But it says here. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. The spirit of Christ dwells in you. The spirit of God raised Christ. That spirit now dwells in you. Not separately, but the same God that took on different forms dwells in us. And if you have not that spirit, you are none of his. I don't know who Benson is, but Benson's commentary says this. This is what he took from what that verse means. You're not a disciple? Ouch. If Benson was alive today, we'd put him to the stake. Don't tell me I'm not a disciple just because I, I didn't speak in tongues. No big deal. Not a disciple or a member of Christ if you don't have the spirit of God in you. Not a Christian? Ow! Benson, man, he's really a hard dude. This is what he's saying. Not a Christian, not in a state of salvation. Folks, you need the Holy Ghost. This, I wouldn't, I wouldn't roll the dice on my eternity just because of how I feel about a certain scripture. I, I, if you know it's a promise from heaven... And you know everyone that needs it, except a man be born again of the water and spirit. I wouldn't roll the dice on a church and say, well, I'll pray haphazardly. And if I don't get it, no big deal. I go about my busy way. Guess what? If I'm looking at forever, listen, when I was 11, 12, man, I was kind of a weird kid. I would try to picture what eternity would look like. Man, it would absolutely scare me to death. If you live in this life for 90 years, that's a long time. But compared to eternity, it's a drop in the bucket. I'm telling you, if I didn't have the Holy Ghost, I would stick around until I knew that I knew that I knew that I've got the Spirit of Christ on the inside of me. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a free gift. Doesn't cost you any money. It is the greatest experience you can have on earth. And if you've had this gift for a while, but it's been a long time since you had a breakthrough, you need a rebaptism of that gift. 
It's very easy to point our nose or point our fingers at people that haven't received the Holy Ghost yet. But it's even worse for someone who claims the Holy Ghost but hasn't had a breakthrough in months to be sitting on our pew and not letting themselves be broken through with the Holy Ghost. Those of us that have experienced the greatness of God's Spirit, for us to come in day in and day out and just live a haphazard, I'm just going to go to church and do my day and do my Christian thing. There is a problem if you've had the Holy Ghost, but you hadn't spoken tongues in weeks or in months or in days. We want to talk about how exciting the Holy Ghost is. And we ourselves don't even have a, a daily or routine time where we can break into that spirit. You can't live uh, being having this experience and not letting it guide you every single day. You can't go days and weeks and think you can be an overcomer if you haven't spoken in tongues. It, it is the great listen. If you don't don't try to teach someone a Bible study, don't try to win someone to your church, your church, if you're not excited about what you have. Don't try to win somebody to your church if you yourself don't have a hold of it. Listen, you may be born in the spirit, but you better get that fire inside you. You better get something that's going to drive you for more of God. Well, you know, I've got a lot of st- I got a lot of stuff on my mind. I got a lot of- that's why he's the comforter. I've been busy. I got a lot of things going on in my mind. I can't break it. Well, that's why he's the comforter. He helps you when you break through, man. There's times, yeah, I'm on my knees. God, I don't know what to do. I don't know the answer. I don't know where to go. And all of a sudden, I just let the Holy Ghost come into my room or in my office. And all of a sudden, I don't have to worry about my decision because the Holy Ghost just suddenly came into my room. And all of a sudden, I realized, God, I can't figure it all out. But when I feel that sweet spirit come over my soul, I know it's going to be all right. Why? Because the comforter has showed up and helped me out. And that's not just for a pastor. That same comfort is for all of you. Anyone going through a problem, anyone facing insurmountable odds, you've got a comforter that wants to come over here and help you out. Because we can't do it by ourselves. It's too much for us. We, we can't do it. And so, so for some of you, you haven't had a breakthrough in a long time. You haven't really felt, you know, I'm talking about a breakthrough. I'm not talking about letting a tear trickle down every now and then and you feel good because you had a little tear. Go watch Old Yeller if all you want is tears. It's more than tears. I'm talking about it is a genuine stirring that will change your life upside down. It will cause you to go home. Well, I'm talking about a breakthrough. I'm talking about a breakthrough that when you leave this place, you go home and you empty out all your CDs, you empty out all your videos, you empty out all those things that are not like God. Why? Because the Holy Ghost just rebirthed something inside of you, and you say, I don't want to be closer to the world. I want to be closer to Jesus. And so you remove everything out of your life that's not like the Holy Ghost. (laughs) If you can leave the church... And put on the same music that you came in with before you ever knew God. Let me tell you something. You have not had a breakthrough. But when you get a breakthrough, you want everything to be like Jesus. You want your music to be like Jesus. You want your videos to be like Jesus. Because you had a breakthrough. Oh, no, that's just old-fashioned preaching. That's just. You can have a little country. I can have a little rock and roll. No big deal. 
I'm telling you, when you stand before the kingdom of God and you stand before his throne, you're going to be so glad. Now, listen, I understand. There's some beautiful songs. And, I, and I'm not, come on. Folks, I have left my notes like 10 minutes ago. I'm sorry. But when you're standing in the presence of God and you're standing before his throne, you know, when I, when I struggle sometimes to pray, because guess what? Pastors struggle to pray too. I sometimes just see myself at his throne and I look at his feet and I see those nail scars in his feet and I think about what he's done for me and I think, Lord, giving up the world is nothing at all. When I see his hands reaching me and there's nail scars in those hands, I think God giving up some of the world is nothing for that. But the problem is we want to hold on to a little bit of something we like. But I'm telling you, if you get a genuine breakthrough, see what you need to do. If you haven't had a breakthrough in a while, you just need to think about the first place you were when you got the Holy Ghost for the first time. Because I guarantee you, anyone that's really got a touch of the Holy Ghost, you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, you knew exactly where you were when you got the Holy Ghost. The old, old Pontiac Church ain't there, but I can tell you right where I was. We had the smoking section. They used to have a smoking section. It was a on fire section, they called it. And I remember going on that far aisle, being right there. My mom was praying with me. My cousin Mark would always, we'd always push each other. You know, if he got the Holy Ghost, I want to have the Holy Ghost. If he got baptized, I want to get baptized. You know, just good to have a companion like that every once in a while. Try to push you, man, to get the Holy Ghost. I remember praying, getting the Holy Ghost right there. I can see where I was. I know where I was. And I know as eight years old, I didn't have anything else in my mind except I want the Holy Ghost tonight. Now, oftentimes, oftentimes, children get the Holy Ghost before adults. Because for adults, there's a lot of decluttering that has to happen. You got a lot of things you've been going through, work, you have all these things, and you're carrying all these thoughts in your mind where a child doesn't have to care, worry about all that. <coughs> you know what a child says? Lord, I love you and I need you. And all of a sudden, they get the Holy Ghost because all they have in their mind is, I love you and I need you. And let me say, let's deprogram for a moment. I know we all have bills. I know we have work. I know we got people in our life. I know we got bosses. And I know we got rules and all these things that we as adults have in our life. And that's all important. I'm not saying get away with those. But I'm saying if you really want a breakthrough at some point in time, that has got to be removed from your mind and come to the front with one purpose. Lord, I love you and I need you. And if you come with that mindset of humility before God, it won't be very long. You're going to have an old-fashioned breakthrough that God changes you and he helps you, but you got to get a mindset that I want to get a hold of Jesus today. Problem is when you leave your notes, you don't know exactly where you're at. Jesus was talking to his disciples and he knew that his end was close. And he knew that his men would be lost without him for, for a time. He started saying things about his crucifixion that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Where I go, you can't come with me right now. Lord, I'll go anywhere you go. You, Peter, you can't, you, one day you will, but you can't come with me right now where I'm going. Lord, I'll die for you. You're, you're going to die me three times. I go away to prepare a place for you. What, Lord, you're going to establish something here. What, what do you mean go away? I, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't like to hear you saying you're going away. It doesn't make sense. So while he's preparing them, he says, listen, there's going to come a comforter here. Because these were just, folks, these were just simple men. We look at them as superhuman. These men were just ordinary men. The only power they had is the fact they'd been with Jesus for three and a half years. So when they saw that their plans did not work out, because understand, these men still assumed Jesus was going to start an earthly kingdom and it would be on his right or his left side. 
So even though he said, my kingdom on this earth, they still didn't process this. Therefore, Jesus said, I'm going to send you a comforter. That word comforter means orphanos. Or comfort, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. That word comfortless means orphanos. He says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Because I know when I leave and you see me on a cross, your dreams are going to be dashed in pieces. Peter, you're going to weep bitterly and you're going to feel like you can't make it again. Everyone's going to, everyone like shadows of night is going to leave me and flee. But take heart. I'm not going to leave you comfortless or as orphans, but I'm going to come back. See, Jesus knew the only thing that can replace me is me. Therefore, it's expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, the Holy Ghost, I'm going to come to you in a different form. I'm going to come to you in the power of the Holy Ghost. And that power, is gonna, that, that, that comfortless, that comforter is going to give you the power to stand against the stakes and against the bows and the arrows and the stones. They're going to saw you in pieces. But you're going to be so comforted by what you're going through that you'll do it. Why? Because you feel comforted in the Holy Ghost. Now, <clears throat> I want to bring up to you, and this, I'm going to end with this, this thought. You're going to receive the comforter. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the greatest gift mankind has ever experienced. Why wouldn't everyone want that? We just brush off, oh, it's not for everybody. If it's a promise, and it's free, and it's the power of God, why wouldn't everyone just say, you know what? I want that. It's, it's like saying, well, it's Christmas morning. And I've got gifts on the tree, but that's not for everybody. Kids will be destroyed. If it's a free gift and it's promise, I want it. I don't want to say, well, why wouldn't you want to live with that promise? Why would you want to walk in this world and not have that free gift that God wants for us to have? Why would you want to wake up in the morning and just say, you know what, I don't need it for everybody else. They have it, but I don't need it. I'm telling you, it's the greatest gift in the world. And the, 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 the translation of comforter is parakletos. The Greek word for comforter is parakletos. So when you get the Holy Ghost, you get the parakletos on the inside of you. Aren't you glad for the parakletos today? <laughs> That's the Greek translation for comforter. Is Parakletos. But I've said all of that I've said today to take you to these last final thoughts. When you get the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, when you get the Comforter or the Parakletos, you have access to all that the Parakletos means. Don't I sound smart? Like my pastor's like the smartest guy. He knows Greek and he knows Hebrew. What does the parakletos mean? When you get the Holy Ghost, what do you get? Parakletos means called to one side. To help as an aid. I don't need that. I don't need one to come by my side and help me as an aid. I'm doing just fine. When you get the Holy Ghost, there is something that comes by your side and age you in life. When life is too hard and things get too rough, you have the paracletos, you have the Holy Ghost that comes inside and aids you when you can't walk another step and it seems like your family has been torn apart and you just want to give up and you try to take that step. There is a paracletos by your side that helps you keep on walking. It aids you. When you want to give up, the Holy Ghost says, hey, I'm coming, I'm here, I'm going to help you get through this mess of your life. Because when you have the Holy Ghost, you have access to all that the Holy Ghost is. Parakletos means 
one who pleads another's cause before a judge. The Bible says there's a mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Parakletos, you ready for this? Parakletos means counsel for defense. Now, if the Holy Ghost was counsel to the prosecutor, we'd be in big trouble. But the Holy Ghost is not prosecutor, or is not defense for prosecutor. He's defense, or he's assistant for the defense. In other words, just when it seems judgment would come our way, the Holy Ghost steps up and defends us against the judge. The Holy Ghost says, I know what they've done. But the Holy Ghost says, but let me defend them for a moment. Let me cover them with my shadow. Let me, let me get them under the shadow of my wing, and I'll defend them. Has, has anyone been there? Has anyone, you didn't have a friend in the world, and you did things, and you, you were embarrassed about it, man. You hope it stays in the closet forever. You hope no one ever gets it. But guess what? God knows everything. We can't hide nothing from God. But the day I got the sweet spirit of the Holy Ghost, I raised my hands, and I had a defense came in my life. And the defense said, I know you should be lost. I know you should be over, but I'm a defense team and I've come to defend you. You don't have to die a sinner. You can live a new life. They that are in Christ Jesus are new creatures. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I'm so glad I've got a defense in my life. I want we to stand to our feet and give God some praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sin, sin said you should die because all of us have come short of the glory of God. But I'm so thankful the day I got the paracletos, I had a counselor on the defense side saying, yes, he was guilty, but that guilt has been paid by the blood of Jesus Christ. When I, had, when I received the Holy Ghost, the paracletos stood by my side, my defense, and pleaded for my case. And you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. If you've never had the Holy Ghost today, don't worry about speaking in tongues with all means. That, that's going to happen. You just come with your mind focused. Lord, I love you and I need you. And I want to praise you and give you worship because you're worthy of all the praise. And when you're praising him and you're opening, you got to have to open, open, open your mouth. You have to open it. You have to you know, anytime you drink water, you go, you open your mouth. You can't feel anything. can't come in when you have your mouth closed. That's why we praise with our mouth open. Lord, I love you, Jesus. Because out of your mouth, you'll speak with new tongues. Out of your mouth. That's why I don't worry about what your neighbor says or thinks. Right? As a kid, you didn't think care what people thought about you. You just wanted the Holy Ghost. And so you got the Holy Ghost. Most of, if you were raised in church, you got it when you were a kid, most likely. You didn't care who's on the right or left. You just were, your tears were crying out, oh, I love you, Jesus. And all of a sudden, you start speaking in these sweet tongues, and you feel the presence of God, and, and you want to tell everybody the sweetest thing that ever happened to you. You tell your friends. You call them on the phone. Hey, look what happened to me. I just got the Holy Ghost today. And they're like, well, holy what? What are you talking about? But you didn't care what people thought. You just were so hungry. Lord, here I am. I love you, and I need you today. If you come with that attitude today, Lord, I've been in this thing for 20 years. And, Lord, I haven't had a breakthrough like I really want to have. I really haven't been shaken. But, Lord, I believe there's a suddenly coming my way. I've been praying for a while, and I haven't got, but guess what? I'm going to be in the right place when the suddenly hits. And when the suddenly comes, I'm going to be found watching and waiting in full of faith today. You want the Holy Ghost for the first time? I, I, I invite you to come to the front. 
if, you, if you're, if you're, if you're going to stay there, that's fine. But if you want a breakthrough in your life, it's been a while. Today, there's a sweet spirit of breakthrough in this house today. And I encourage you, if you come down, we're going to open up these altars. If you come this time, let's love the Lord and seek after a breakthrough in our spirit today. Lord, I love you and I need you. That's all you got to do. I love you, Lord. Oh, it's the sweetest thing that's ever happened to mankind. I love you, Jesus. Lord, I love you, Jesus. Come on, think about the first time you ever received the Holy Ghost. Thank you again for joining us here at Grace Apostolic Church. Hopefully this message spoke to you as it did for many others. Grace Apostolic Church is a church family that you can be a part of. If you would like to connect to the church, the best way would be to visit our website at gaclawson.org or visit one of our services. Our service times are Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7.30 p.m. For more information, you can go online at gaclawson.org. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.